Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. So, is anybody carrying within you a sense of anticipation that you're going to meet with God today? Yeah? You can sense, you can feel that there's something in the environment, in the atmosphere that is you know, causing us to hunger and thirst and to have an expectation that God is going to do something. Yeah, that's called faith. And it's pregnant in the environment today. I mean, you could just feel it when you came in the building, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So um, we, we've been tracking for the last... Um, Eight weeks, what God is doing, stirring by the Spirit, giving us a fresh zeal and appreciation for Holy Spirit gifts and prophetic ministry, and coming from a new covenant, New Testament perspective. And even when we read the old covenant, the Old Testament, we do so with new covenant lenses. All right? And so when we, we look at, at prophetic ministry, we, we see that a lot of people revert back to the old covenant and the old model of, of that kind of ministry. And, you know, we call to step into the New Testament and the new covenant, which is a superior covenant. And God always takes us from glory to glory. So there are upgrades that are happening and taking place. Yeah. Much like we're seeing in this room, we're witnessing right now upgrades that are taking place. So you see the screen behind us here, okay? So there was a power encounter about four weeks ago. We had a lightning strike. Power encounter, and so a lot of our equipment needed to be replaced. And in the process of replacing, we've gone from about, I think it was about five and a half thousand lumens to, hey, seven and a half thousand lumens. So that's upgrade. Yeah. And um, so the lighting and all the rest of it is, is improving and increasing. And the creativity is going up. Yeah. And so we see, you know, the Lord calls us to step into upgrades. So when the, we step into the new covenant, which is an upgrade on the old, why would we want to revert back to the old covenant for the basis of prophetic ministry? You know, we, we're stepping away from, you know, the, the, the isolated, lonely, misunderstood, in the wilderness, eating locusts and honey, calling down judgment. No, no, no. We stepped into the new covenant. So we don't want to bring that kind of Old Testament prophetic ministry into the new. Like we understood that grace says that we're accepted and acceptable. And that the blood of Jesus was powerful enough to wipe away all of our sin and he will remember our sins no more. And he's not going to hold anything against us. And his judgment is not coming towards us. God is not angry with us anymore. The wrath of God was poured out on the cross. 
So for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, there's no more wrath coming our way. Now for those who do not believe in Jesus and do not submit to the cross, they're on their own. Uh, There's a wrath coming for them. There is a wrath, but it's reserved for those who reject the offer of salvation. But for those of us, yay, who have accepted new life in Christ, he's not angry with us anymore. This is so good. Yay. So when a prophet steps into the old covenant, which was warning people that there's a judgment to come, and want to, want to use that to pour out condemnation on God's people, uh-oh, step away, step away. Yeah? Come on, as New Covenant, New Testament believers, let's be in the New Covenant fully, all the time. Let's not backslide into the Old Covenant. Like, you know, it's been going so well for me for the last year or so, I just feel like I need a little bit of condemnation. It's like, I'm just drawn to a bit of condemnation. You know, let me just open up YouTube and see if I can find a prophet who's going to tell me, you know, how God is really angry with me. So I can just, you know, feel a little bit bad about myself. It's kind of like, no, 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 no. We're in the new. And even when we read the old covenant, we read it through the lenses of the New Testament the new covenant yeah okay now we've been for the last number of weeks looking at why it's so important for us to understand what God is doing because he's speaking he's a speaking God in the beginning God said let there be so God is a speaking God he's He's always been speaking and he still speaks today. And so we as his sheep need to hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice. If you're a sheep, you have the ability to hear his voice. All right? And so he is constantly speaking and communicating and encouraging us. And this is actually part of what this New Testament ministry, prophetic ministry is all about. It's just hearing from God and just relaying, not just to ourselves, but relaying to others what God is saying. It's like, wow, God's mad about you. He loves you. That's a prophetic word right there. If somebody doesn't know that God loves them, you go into the store, you go going wherever, and and you sense that the Lord wants to use you to encourage somebody, you are pointing through your words, you're pointing to the Savior. That's prophetic. And just a simple word, God loves you, can change their life. Because if they were brought up with only hearing 
go to hell. You know, they made a mistake. You know, load shedding, traffic lights are down, they went at the wrong time, nearly caused an accident, and people shouting at them, go to hell. You've not seen that at load shedding. Okay. All right. People are hearing words of condemnation all the time. And we bring words of life and hope. We prophesy a better future. God's not angry with you. He loves you. He's calling you to himself. All right. And so we step into this place of hearing his voice and then communicating his love and his heart to people around us. That's New Testament prophetic ministry. You don't even need a platform for it. You don't need a microphone for it. You just need a spiritual ear and some way to communicate. Come on, you might as well use these social media platforms for good. All right, being so taken over by so much darkness and, and terrible, you know, criticizing and tearing things down. Why don't we use it to build people up? Mm -hmm. So the last few weeks, we've seen that the Holy Spirit is stirring up this fresh hunger to hear from him. And, and the scriptures encourage us to eagerly pursue these things, eagerly desire, go after them, and that it should be for all of God's people. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, the all means... Yeah, is anybody part of the all? We're all part of the all, yeah? Because so many times we disqualify ourselves. God doesn't disqualify us. We disqualify ourselves in our minds. And it's not true. It's not accurate. And so we withdraw. We pull back instead of pushing in to receive what he has for us. And so we need to understand that the invitation is for all of us to come in and to experience what the Holy Spirit is doing today. Yay! Turn to your neighbor and say, something good is going to happen today. I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad I came. Woohoo! Yay! All right, so some scriptures for us today. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 17, Jesus said, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues. This is Jesus, he has an anticipation, an expectation, a faith, a knowing, because he only said and spoke what he heard the Father say. So the words of Jesus are in complete unity and harmony with the Father. And Jesus knew that when he ascended into heaven, that he would receive the promise of the Father, the Spirit. Peter tells us this in Acts chapter 2. He says that he's seated, the one that you killed... You crucified the Savior, the Messiah. And he is now seated at the right hand. He received the promise of the Father. And this now has been poured out as you now see and hear. This is the promise. And earlier in the worship, Vili said to me, Hey, I see this picture of a pomegranate. 
And a pomegranate speaks of promise, the promises of God. And, and God is just like letting us know that the promises are here. And the promises are good. They're juicy and they're tasty and they're nourishing. It's fruitful. Yay. So the promise of the Father, Jesus knew that he was going to receive the promise of the Father. And so he, he's in alignment with the Father. And he, and he prophesied, said, guys, it's good that I leave here because when I go, the Holy Spirit will come. One just like me, another like me. And he will lead you into truth. There's so much more that I'd like to say to you. You, you. you can't bear it right now. But when he comes, he will lead you into all truth. What are the implications? I have much more to say to you now, but I don't have enough. You don't have capacity. We don't have enough time. But when the Spirit comes, he will then lead you. What's the implication? The Spirit has got more to say. Oh my goodness, that rocks a few people. Because we want to nail everything down and say God can only say what he's already said in the Bible. If it's, it's just in the book. But God, Jesus himself said, when the Spirit comes, there's more. It's not a dead religion all done and dusted 2,000 years ago. It's a live, vital dynamic and it's moving us forward causing us to grow into all things. Yay. This is why I keep coming back to church. Because I know that things are going to keep on moving and improving. You're going to get better. I'm going to get better. Whew, that's a relief, isn't it? Yeah? Yeah. So we come with a sense of expectation that God is going to speak and is going to lead us and is going to be in truth. So Jesus, he knows that the Spirit is going to come. And he says to the, to the oaks, stick around in Jerusalem and you're going to be clothed with power from on high. And they're kind of like, what is this now? Is this a new fashion? What's going on? You know. So by the time we get to the day of Pentecost, there are 120 that are in that upper room. 500 started out the journey. 10 days later, whittled down to 120. Imagine that oak. who was 121. I just missed it, eh? I knew I should have got out of bed this morning. All right. Holy Spirit comes on them. And we see... In Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, he says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. All of them. Not just now 99. It would have been a good number, the 99 or 100. So now all of them, all of them were filled. Okay? And uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on some people. All people. Wow. So Jesus says, listen, those who believe, signs are going to follow them. They're going to accompany them. It's like they're like holding hands with you. They're accompanying. 
And one of them is going to be that you speak in tongues. There was an expectation of the people of God that this was going to be their portion. That they would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Mm -hmm. Now, here at Breakthrough, we're good with this. Just checking that it was you, that it wasn't a different congregation snuck in here this morning. Okay, it is us, right? It's the family, okay? So we believe that the Bible is good and it's true and that it's speaking to us and that it actually means what it says. That you lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Okay? Now we know that some people, when they approach the scriptures, they approach it from their experience and they tr interpret the scriptures according to what they experience. So if you've prayed for somebody and they've been near and dear and they didn't recover and maybe they died or maybe they still got this sickness, this disease, this whatever it is after all these years, a kind of disappointment can creep in. And then we can begin to doubt that what God said is true is actually true. So now we begin to reinterpret the scriptures and say, well, maybe it's not for us. Maybe it was only for them, you know, like he didn't really mean it when he said these will follow all who believe. Just let's limit it just to the first century. And let's make up this notion that it was only required in order to kickstart the church, but once the church was established, there was no need for this anymore. Now, there's no verse that says that. It's just human reasoning that tries to explain away why healing is not happening today. So we've got our experience down here, which is pretty low, and we've got the standard of the scriptures up here, which is really high. Like Jesus, everyone who came to Jesus who was sick got healed. Not everybody came to Jesus to get healed, but all those who came to Jesus to get healed, they got healed. That's the standard. This is our experience. So what do we do with the tension between we're praying for people and we see some people get healed, but some not? And the standard of Jesus, Peter writes, he says, listen, he left us an example that we might walk, follow in his footsteps. Amen. Jesus is the example. This is our experience. What do we do? Do we explain the scriptures down to our experience and we lower the standard? Or do we say, there is a tension between what I'm currently living in and experiencing and what God is calling me to. And that tension is to pull me higher into the things of God. That tension is the realm of mystery. Don't understand. He said these things would happen, but it's not happening in this case. Now, I'm not going to join with those who point a finger at God and say, God, you are not good. Because that goes against the revelation of himself. And if we say we believe the Bible, and the Bible is full of references that God is good. 
like hundreds. So you've got to put a line through a lot of verses if you want to accuse God and say, no, you're not good, you're bad. You're not faithful, you are unfaithful. You are not trustworthy, you are untrustworthy. You get it. So there's too much of the revelation of God you've got to kick out if you want to bring it back down to your experience. No, we don't bring the scriptures down to our experience. We let that tension lead us in faith higher to grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. This is amazing, yeah? Because it tells us we haven't arrived yet. Look, I just speak for myself because I know you guys are, are pretty good, but you know, I just didn't manage to raise five people from the dead this week. Look, there were a few people sort of dead-ish in the first service. We kind of did manage to raise a few smiles and laughs, but they weren't you know, technically dead. They did have a pulse, but they were just kind of, you know, so we raised the dead. Preachers do that on a regular basis. No. <laughs> no, no, it's the Bible is talking about real people who don't have a pulse, and you pray for them and they get a pulse again. And, and there, there are a number of, of instances where we prayed for people and that's happened. Yay. But these are small breakthroughs, few and far between. And, and the tension between our experience, which is a really low level, and Jesus saying, these signs will follow those who believe. Lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. It's like the tension between these two things is to cause us to live in a place of humility and a place of hunger. We're going after these things. We're going after them more. Not like, oh well, it's not for us for today, so let's just sit here and be bored. No, this is to provoke us to keep going after things. And this, I think, is what the Holy Spirit is doing among his people in this time and in the season because we've got amazing things that we're going to be facing in the days ahead. You only need a miracle when you need a miracle. If you've got everything sorted, you don't need a miracle. You don't need faith when everything is there and sorted out. You need faith when it's like, this is an impossible situation. God, if you don't come through, I'm done for. And God loves those situations. Because it causes us to connect with him by faith. And so he's going to love us a lot in the days to come. By giving us opportunities to be connected to him in very special and precious ways. Decode, it's called desperation. Okay, don't think that the devil's winning. 
don't worry what's happening on the planet. And there's lots. It's going marvelous. <laughs> Creating amazing opportunities for God to show his power and his strength. Do it again, Lord. Lord, we've heard of your fame, of your mighty deeds. Renew them in our day. We don't just want to hear about the miracles, we want to see the miracles. Yeah? Everyone's, yes. Oh, hang on, wait a minute. You only need a miracle when you need a miracle. There's always a little disclaimer there. Never get to the place where we look at our low standard and point the finger at God. Say, you're not fair, you're not good. I'm giving up on this thing. No. Let the tension pull you into a greater place of trust and faith. Is this good? Okay. So, all you all, is what Jesus said, you will experience, and it's followed up in the book of Acts, the Spirit is poured out on all people. So we're all in, none of us are disqualified. If we believe in Jesus, we've got people in the room who believe in Jesus. Okay, if you believe in Jesus, you qualify to be filled with the Spirit. That's all you need, believing in Jesus and receiving. Yay, we can do this. All right? So in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter replied, because the people are, are hearing the sermon and they're saying, what must we do to be saved? It says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And what he's saying here is, listen, it's for this generation and your children and your children's children for all, right through the centuries, all who are far off whom the Lord will call. Okay. Did you hear the call this morning? Come to me and I will give you rest. Remember that? So he called you. So you're called ones. Did you hear him calling? Then you are called. So to all that the Lord will call, he will pour out his spirit. Again, don't come up with this crazy thing, well, you know, I don't have because I'm not called. No, no, no. Everyone is called out of darkness and into light. Sorry about the guys sitting on this side here, but the church is known as Ecclesia or Ecclesia, meaning the called out ones. If you are part of the church, you are called. Everyone in the body of Christ is called. Yay! So he will pour out his spirit on all whom the Lord will call. It's all you all, everyone. Come on, yay! Hallelujah. Okay. 
So none of us are excluded. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 31, we see the guys here. This is a couple of years later, and there's been some persecution, and Peter and John have been in jail. They get released, and they start proclaiming. Uh, they start praying, and the people there are gathered and in verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All right? So again, we've got an all, and we've got a filling. All right? And the interesting thing is, here we are, still in Jerusalem, maybe about four years later, three, four years, something like that. This wasn't just the next week. All right, this is a little bit of time. We read the book of Acts and we think it all happened within like days and weeks. No, 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 remember with the missionary journeys, they took years, just those journeys. So we've got a bit of time that's, that's, that's elapsing here. And so the people in Jerusalem, this is also that when we get to chapter five, now the church is 5,000 strong. This is a bunch of people. This is a big church. It might even be considered a mega church today. Apparently, God's okay with mega churches. Come on, some of us have got an us four no more syndrome. But Jerusalem was 5,000. I mean, that it, day one, there were 3,120. That's one heck of a church plant. On the first day, 3,120. Some of us have got to just like change the way we think. You know? Okay. So, some of these people that were there in Acts chapter 4 would have been the same people who would have been there on the day of Pentecost. Part of that 3,000 who were filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues. Now we get them in chapter 4, and there's another infilling. What's going on? The theologians like to try and you know, dissect and figure out what's going on. And they come up with it a bit like this. They say, when you first receive the Spirit, the infilling of the Spirit, they talk about a baptism in the Holy Spirit. But there are other infillings beyond just once. We see in chapter 4, they had it more than once. And we see in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, be being filled with the Spirit. In the original language, it's the present continuous tense. It's not like, hey, be once filled with the Spirit and then move on and forget about it. No, it's live in a continual place of be continually filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. So clearly, this is not a once-off event and then move on. There is subsequent infillings of the Spirit. Are we good with this? But we don't call those subsequent ones being baptized again. You just baptized once and then you receive refreshings. This word baptize, it's a transliteration of baptizo. And the word baptizo is used for when you take a, a piece of cloth and you submerge it into a vat of dye and the cloth changes color. And when you take the cloth out, you can't separate 
the color from the cloth. Or it's used of when a ship goes down. The Titanic was baptizo. It was completely filled, swamped, overwhelmed. It's, it's the same thing when you take your Omar's rusk and you dunk it in your coffee. You are baptizing your rusk. And you take it out. You can't separate the coffee from the rusk anymore. Your rusk has been baptizo. It's the same as when you, you take little onions and you put them in a solution and you pickle them. And you take the onions out of the solution, we have pickled onions. You see, that's why on the day of Pentecost, the guys looked like they were pickled. Baptizo can also mean marinate. You know, you take the meat and you marinate it. And the flavor gets into every part of the piece of meat. It's also like when you take a sponge and you put it into a bucket of water and you lift the sponge out, it's dripping, overflowing with the water. When people come and they hug us, they squeeze us. Holy Spirit must just ooze out of us. Because we are so baptizo in the Spirit. Every part of us is overwhelmed, saturated, dunked, steeped, marinated, pickled, in the spirit. Yay. Yeah. Now, with water baptism, we identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And you only need to be baptized once. Oh, but I had a bad week, you know, and I sinned, whatever. Now I must get washed again. I must get baptized again. No, 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 no. Leads to all kinds of crazy theologies and practices. No, there's one baptism. All right? Okay. If you've messed up, forgive me. Mercy, repentance. Receive the grace of the Lord and move on. It's not like, oh, I messed up. I've got to go and get baptized again. No. So there's one water baptism. There's one Holy Spirit baptism. But there's other infillings. We got it? Okay. Now, let's read a little bit further. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, Peter, he's had the most amazing experience as he had a vision, he was up on the top of the roof there, he was praying, and um, in a trance, the sheet comes down, animals unclean, rise up and eat. He's kind of like, whoa, I'm a good Jewish boy, I don't do these things. And he said, no, you're a Christian, you can, get, you can eat now. 
Yeah? Listen, you wouldn't be able to have bacon with your fried eggs if it wasn't for, for Peter. Yeah. Okay. So he has this vision. Then these unclean people, the Gentiles. By the way, unclean, that would be us. We are not Jews. We're not Hebrews. We're Gentiles. We were the unclean ones. Again, thank you, Jesus, that Peter had that revelation. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in. So for the first bunch of years, they only went to the Hebrews to bring them to faith. So, so God interrupts the whole thing. He says to Cornelius, he has an encounter with God. Send the oaks, go and fetch, send Uber drivers, go and get, get Peter. So they, they use their GPS and they get to his house. And he said, not a problem, I just had a vision, I know that I must come, you are the guy, guys, you know, verified, the drivers, jumps in with them, and they Uber off to Cornelius' house. It's my paraphrase, okay? (laughs) They didn't have Uber in those days, okay? Just, all right. While he's preaching, okay? And, And Peter was a bit like me, because he used lots of words in his preaching. I mean, we see here in in Acts chapter two, he says, and with many other words, he encouraged them. In other words, long sermon, yeah? So Peter, long sermons. While he's busy preaching, Holy Spirit, bam, fills the people there. Okay, Acts 10 verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, in other words the Hebrews, who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. It's kind of like, how did they know that the Holy Spirit had been poured out? Oh, Speaking in tongues, praising God. So there's some evidence that they can see and observe that the Holy Spirit has been poured out. Undisputed. Some evidence, something happened. Yay. Verse 47, Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And I'm sure this passage is in the Bible just to mess with us theologians. Because theologians like everything to be done, you know, this way, and then like that, and then like this. But the Bible's not written like a textbook. Because a lot of people are kind of like, well, you first got to repent, then you must believe, then you must be water baptized, and then you might qualify for baptism in the Spirit, and then you can speak in tongues. You see, let's get the nice sequence all in order. And what happens here? While he's still speaking, they haven't even done the altar call yet. They haven't even got to the sinner's prayer. Because they couldn't find it in the scriptures just like we can't. 
Ooh. Don't want to lose you. Okay, I'll try not. Stay with me now. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. While Peter is speaking, faith comes in their hearts to believe that what he's speaking about, the Messiah, Jesus, is true. And the Holy Spirit witnesses with their faith and bam, no hands laid on them. And they haven't been baptized in water yet. So Peter says, listen, they received the Spirit just like we received the Spirit. What's to stop them from being baptized? So let's get the full package. We might have got the sequence a little bit un, you know, out of order the way we thought. But we follow what the Spirit is doing. We're not following techniques or procedures or a formula. Mm, lovely. Okay. How about in Acts chapter 8? I keep looking up, but there's no clock. You might have noticed that. Yeah. We're speaking about upgrades. Well, we upgraded the wall and the clock can't stick on the wall there, so. Okay. Acts chapter 8 and verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. What's going on? Here we are, chapter 8. How many years down the line are we now? And in chapter 1, Jesus said, stick around in Jerusalem and wait for the power to come upon you and you'll be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem and then Judea and then? How many years did it take them to get to Samaria? A bunch of years. It's kind of like, there's a grace because sometimes it takes us a bunch of years to get to where God has told us to go. Wow, there's mercy, huh? But God's purposes will still be accomplished. So if Philip goes and he's speaking and he's preaching and there's signs and wonders, there's miracles, all kinds of things, and people get baptized in water, then Peter and John hear about this thing and they come cruising down. And um, so we pick it up now in verse 15. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Wow. What are we seeing here? A couple of things. When the hands were laid on, they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. Okay. Simon the sorcerer saw what was going on he got a little bit confused. He said, hey, how much, because I would like this ability when I lay hands on people that they will receive the power of God. So there was something was happening. A powerful encounter was happening when hands were laid. So much so that the guy actually wanted to pay money for it. So laying on of hands is a powerful thing. Okay, Cornelius is us. No one's laying hands. Just sovereign. Here, Samaria, we're laying on our hands. My one sister, in worship, she's a teenager, just worshiping the Lord in a service. Nobody's touching her. Next thing, Holy Spirit on her, and she breaks out in tongues. That's amazing. All right? 
Another sister, hands were laid on her. She receives a massive dose and she prays all night. Even like bedtime, in bed. Couldn't stop. Wasn't fake, wasn't putting it on. Boom. Yeah. My story? Gosh. 13 years old. Folks have just come back from this major conference, 1980. And people have been, you know, filled with the Spirit. Thousands of people from all over the country, filled with the Spirit. There were 10,000 people here in Milner Park in January, the first week of January 1980. And so, I mean, in our legacy, that, that's what we're part of. And so they come from this thing and they're kind of like, hey, would you like to receive? And we're in this tiny little holiday cottage and I say, yeah, cool, let's do it. I didn't say cool because my dad would have, but you know. I said, yeah. And so we're praying, and it's like, like, I don't feel anything. No goosebumps. No warm, fuzzy feelings. Nothing is like dry. And like I get like four. Were they syllables? Were they words? I don't know. And that's all I got. But you receive by faith, not by feelings. And then I had to take those four words or syllables and work with them just as a baby works with syllables to turn them into words, to turn them into sentences, to turn them into paragraphs, to turn it into a language. My sisters, and I don't know if it's, you know, I'm male and they had words, I mean for days. I was a man of few words. I'm joking, just relax, man. But it's not based on feeling. You receive by faith. Yeah. So whether hands are laid or whether you just receive directly, it's okay. The point is receive. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the other thing that we see from this passage is that these people in Samaria saw the signs, the wonders, and got baptized in water. And then later, Peter and John come, hands are laid, and they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. What does that tell us? I'm glad you asked. It tells us that baptism in water is one thing, distinct. And baptism in the Holy Spirit is another thing distinct. Marvelous. Why is this important? Because some people say, look, I was baptized in water, so therefore I'm baptized in the Spirit. No, that's not according to the Scriptures. We're talking about two very separate and distinct things that are taking place here. All right? Marvelous. How about Acts chapter 19? One more Scripture, and then we're going to pray. And then... Yay, God's going to do something amazing. Acts chapter 19 and verse 1. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. 
And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Whoa. These are followers of God, believers of God, and they haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. In the world today, there are followers of God who have not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Hmm. Okay. So Paul asks them, verse 3, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. Pause. John the baptizer, he came as an old covenant, Old Testament prophet, calling the people of God to turn back to Jehovah. Many times in the history of God's people in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, prophets would come and they would call people to repentance. Turn from your wicked ways and turn towards the living God. And many times there would be an accompanying sign, a ceremony if you like, of baptism. But it was a baptism that was externally saying, you know what, I'm going to now turn towards serving God again. But it wasn't a baptism of salvation because Jesus hadn't come. They were just turning. It's an old covenant thing. They were doing this ceremony to demonstrate they're going to go serve the living God, Jehovah, Yahweh. Then Jesus comes. He says, listen, guys. I want you to baptize people and teach them to obey everything that I've told you. So there's a new baptism. It's a believer's baptism for salvation. And in the waters of baptism, we are identifying, Romans tells us, with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's believer's baptism. Something powerful takes place in the waters of baptism. And in a sense, it's like the funeral for that old man. The old life, the old man, the old sin nature, who is now dead, dead, dead. And the burial service was water baptism. And we are raised in Christ as believers, a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. That old sucker, dead, dead, dead. Listen, you can't kill him anymore. He's already dead. You are not the old man. Don't read Romans 8 the wrong way. Romans 7 and 8, you've got to read it the right way. He's saying, listen, in the old... I was battling with these things, but thanks be to God, he's delivered me from that. He's not describing his current status, he's describing his previous status. Where he could not do the things that he wanted to do and the things that he didn't want to do, he was forced to do. 
But thanks be to God. In Christ, we have been set free from that thing. That old sucker, do it. Finito, dead. And the waters of baptism is like this burial service for that old sucker. So the water baptism that these guys, that they had experienced under John the baptizer, such limited revelation, and here we are, maybe two decades later, on such little revelation, they're still serving the living God. How much revelation have you got? Massive. What are you doing with it? Come on, let's live for God. Full on. Passionately. So he says, listen, that was John's baptism for repentance. So we see now here in verse 5, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Hands, Holy Spirit comes, two things happen. One is tongues and another thing is prophesy. Now, he's, the book of Acts written by Luke the physician is not meant to be like a scientific textbook and is you know, describing every single situation and nuance and all the rest of it, even as when Paul writes to Corinth and it's so difficult for us to figure out in chapter 14 the tongues because is it going up, is it coming down, what are we doing? And he's talking about tongues, tongues and interpretation and prophecy in that chapter. Like, is this verse talking about this, or is this verse talking about that? Is it talking about these two, all three, or those two? Exactly. And if you read it wrong, you're going to come up with some really strange concoctions, thinking that this is not for us for today. And then he finishes the final verse in that chapter, not that there were chapters and verses when he wrote it, he just wrote one long letter, but he gets to the end of this whole thing because then in chapter 15 he says, now let's talk about the resurrection of the dead and he goes on to those things. So clearly it's a whole other story. But he gets to the end of this passage and he says, now don't forbid the speaking in tongues. So if you ever come to the conclusion that tongues is not for today, you just didn't read far enough. So we've got to hold all these things together. Yeah? Okay. Now, we are going to lose sound in a couple of moments because there's load shedding. No? It's been suspended? A power encounter right there. Wow. Okay. God is good. I've got an extra half an hour. <laughs> All right. All right. When, when we come before the Lord and we want to experience more of the Lord, we come with a posture to receive a gift. We're not earning it. We're not deserving. He is the worthy and deserving one and he qualifies us. All we do is we receive a gift, just like birthday. Thank you. That was great. I didn't earn it. I just happened to have a birthday. That's easy. So we just receive this gift that accompanies our new birth. 
And when the enemy comes to say you're not worthy to try and disqualify you, you just say, mm-mm. Nah, 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 I'm not listening. Because he's going to try and stop you from having a power encounter because you will become a powerful person in Christ. But wait in Jerusalem until the power of the Spirit comes on you and then you will be my witnesses. He doesn't want us to be powerful Christians. That's why there's so much confusion about tongues and Holy Spirit baptism. Because he actually doesn't want the church to awake into the full understanding of how powerful we are in Christ, in the Spirit. So it's a faith exercise. You believed your salvation was by faith. Whether you felt anything or not is not the issue. You believe and you're saved. Same thing with the, with the baptism of the Spirit. We're going to pray and you, we just believe that what he said will happen. So Jesus, he's telling the story. He says, listen, you guys, you're, you try to do good things, but you earthly fathers, you're kind of like evil in comparison to your heavenly father. Now when your child comes to you and asks for bread, do you give them a stone? Child asks for an egg, do you give it a scorpion? Now you, though you are evil, know how to give your children good gifts, how much more your Father in heaven will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Not those who earn, those who ask. How much more the Father will give, in other words, the Father wants to give Holy Spirit to his children who will ask. And it's a good thing, he's a good Father, it's a good gift. We don't need to be scared of Holy Spirit. Amen. So as we receive by faith, we need to also recognize that he wants to not only fill us, dunk us, immerse us. He wants to give us a gift. And one of the signs of the gifts of the outpouring of the Spirit, Jesus said, is that you will speak in new tongues. Now the tongue is not coming from your mind. You're not learning this thing. It's coming from your spirit. So your mind says, oh, oh, I don't understand. And your mind is going to tell you, this is gibberish. This is baby talk. I'm just making this up. This isn't real. This is not genuine. But we're not processing it with the mind. We're speaking by the spirit. Okay? And, you know, even as a baby takes a few syllables and then puts together words and then sentences, so we too, even if we just start with a few words, we need to exercise the gift and to grow the gift. Yeah? So like a little baby, da-da, da-da-da-da, and all the fathers go, whoo. Yeah? And that's great, you know? But listen... If your child is 20 years old and still going da da, da da da, it's like something's wrong. Yeah? And some Christians are 20 years old and they're going da 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 da
We need to go beyond a few syllables and we need language. He says, you speak in new tongues, new languages. Not just a bunch of syllables or one syllable over and over and over again. Yeah? So we need to grow in our language. We need to expand. We say, Holy Spirit, help me, give me more. That I can take this further. All right? And, um, you know, we're receiving by faith. You, you might feel something. You might sense warmth. You might have shivers. You might, you know, feel like there's oil just pouring all over you. Or like liquid gold. Or just love of the God. You know? The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Spirit. You, all kind of, you might feel something or you might be like me. Nothing. Just have to receive by faith. And then just go from there. Yeah? I th- you know, when I first received the baptism in the Spirit, I was disappointed. Can I be honest? Because everybody had these amazing encounters, especially my sisters. It's not fair. No, I'm joking. I came to realize the Lord helped me because my testimony is going to help lots of other people. Yeah, because if it was only you know, like, you know, sovereignly, boom, deluge, tongues for days, like, and you don't get that, you don't relate to it, you're kind of like, well, God doesn't love me as much as John. See, so now when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you just got words, you know that God loves you more than me. He loves us all. Okay. So, God does not force you. He does not jump into your throat, grab a hold of your tongue, and go with your tongue. Okay? That's only in the alien movies. Okay? God doesn't do that. He doesn't force, doesn't make it. For you to speak a language, you breathe in, so you've got air in your lungs. And then air passes over your vocal cords. That's why we get sounds. And then your mouth and your tongue form consonants and vowels. So you're forming it as air passes through the vocal cords and through your your mouth. Now, with tongues, God doesn't force you and make you speak in tongues. You are a willing participant you participate with what he is doing as you give your voice and you give your mouth and it's not coming from here it's coming from here so you make sounds by faith and see what happens your brain is going to say this is nuts this is baby talk you're making it up you won't understand it and try and shut you down No, just keep going. Keep going until your brain says, actually, this is okay. It might take you hours or days until your brain says, okay, I can live with this. Don't give up. You get a couple of syllables, don't give up. Only a few words, don't give up. Keep, Keep going. And you participate. You step out by faith. And you just kind of like, in the deep end. Is this good? All right, thank you for the extra time, even though I didn't ask for it, but we're going to pray. Now I'm asking for extra time. Okay, is there anyone in the room, 
and you have been full of the Spirit and you speak in tongues. Is there anyone in the room like that? It's kind of like, oh, we got quite a few people. This is good. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have anyone in the room and you've never been prayed for for the baptism in the Spirit and you've never spoken in tongues? Do you have any people? And you would like to. Yeah, this is cool. Wow, look at all these hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. How many of you would like, like chapter 4 of Acts or Ephesians 5, like I want another infilling, I just want more. Do you have anybody like that in the room? Okay, good. The rest of you, you can go home. I'm kidding. There is no rest of you. We're all here. We're all in this together. It was a joke, man. Light in the atmosphere. You guys are getting tense. It's like, no, this is easy. It's going to be fine. Okay. So can we all stand? And I'd like to invite those you've never experienced the infilling of the Spirit before. If you're okay, won't you come to the front because we've got some leaders who are going to pray with you and we'll make sure that we do lay hands on you. All right? So if you would like to receive the baptism of the Spirit, first time, won't you come forward? And um, this is family. We're all going to do this together. All right? Then we're all going to pray together and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be fun. So, great. Thank you. Yay, 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 yay. Come on. So good. Yay, yay, yay. Got to love this. Got to love this. Okay. So this is actually what, what this is all about, is that we have opportunities to actually live what we believe. Thank you for spreading out. Spreading, thank you for spreading out. Okay. Now the leaders are going to come, and the leaders are going to come, and they're going to pray with you and for you. So if you're happy, you can either face that way, or whichever way. It doesn't matter. They're going to spin you around. It doesn't matter. Okay. So come, come leaders. Come connect group leaders, please. Come, 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 come. I want more than one person with one person. I need a whole squad of people. Come, thank you connect group leaders. Okay. Now, you know, when we pray, often we just put our hands out. Like, what's that about? It's like, is this a, some kind of ritual thing? It's just an external extension of a heart posture. That is, I'm open and I want to receive. Yeah, that's all that is, okay? And if you get distracted by things around you, you can close your eyes. It doesn't make you more holy or the prayer is more effective. It just like helps us to concentrate. That's why we do that. Is that okay? So if you want to, you're welcome to do that. And so for those up front, be relaxed. We're going to pray and you're going to receive. Easy. We're going to do the work. You just receive. Yeah, okay, so, Holy Spirit, we're so excited that you are doing good, wonderful things right here, right now. And so we invite you to come. Thank you, Father, that you promised the gift of the Spirit you gave to Jesus and Jesus has poured out the Spirit. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are pouring out your Spirit again, right here, right now, today. And as we lay hands on these people, we release the infilling of the Holy Spirit into each one right now. Fill, Fill, fill right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are filling, immersing, baptizing each one in the Spirit right now. Hallelujah. And all of us in the room, we reach out our hands too for another infilling. 
We say thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are coming to fill us again. We open up our hearts and our lives to receive right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are touching each one. Thank you that you are refreshing and renewing. You're soaking. You're causing us to come alive in the power of the Spirit in a whole new and a fresh way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the infilling of the Spirit right now. And now we begin to lift up our hearts and use our mouths to release praise and worship in another language. So let's just begin to do that. Just speak out in the language of the Spirit. Just whatever words, whatever sounds, just begin to give him praise. Praise from your heart, but it's coming in another language, not your own. So you stop speaking your own language and you let your mouth form new sounds and new ways of speaking. And if you've been stuck with the same prayer language for years, ask the Lord to give you a new prayer language right now. Come on, let's lift up our voices. Nice and loud, nice and loud. Let's go, let's go. Just grab hold of the hand of somebody near you and pray that the Lord would fill them, fill them more. Let's take hands. More, 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 more. Holy Spirit, increase, 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 increase right now. Fill them again, fill them again, fill them again. Let it be a power encounter. Let rivers flow, let rivers flow, let rivers flow. Shea Saba, Shea Sede, Shea Nanana, Sanana, Ah Sanana, Sanana Sede, Yes, Yandaranabaso, Robasibarana, Uraba Sananana, Yen Sede, E Hindi, O Sunto Bosiba. Haba Haba Koya Go and find another target. Go and pray for somebody else. Find another person to pray. Just release. So drop hands and find somebody else to pray for. Just pray for a God encounter in this moment. Find somebody. Pray for one another. If the Lord gives you a word of encouragement, release that. Okay, releasing prophetic words. Release them right now. 
give a word of encouragement to somebody. Not directional, not correctional. No hatches, matches, and dispatches. Just encouragement. Build up, build up. If you'd like somebody to pray for you, just walk up to somebody and say, pray for me. Yeah, don't just wait for somebody to come to you. You go to them. That's good. Yeah, for those at home, the Lord is just pouring out His Spirit on you again. A fresh way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Touching people, reviving, renewing. Thank you, Lord. New prayer languages, new prayer languages. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for life and strength. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit touching your people, touching your people in new ways. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So we praise you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you for what you, what you are continuing to do and you're going to continue doing through the afternoon and tonight and through this week. We thank you that we can keep moving in the power of the Spirit, in step with the Spirit. Thank you that we can keep on receiving and keep on drinking and keep on soaking and marinating and getting pickled. Thank you, Lord, that you are doing a new thing. See, I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you behold it? Thank you, Lord, for the new thing that you're doing in your people, in your church. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit. We say, have your way. Have your way. This is your church. Jesus, be the center of your church. Holy Spirit, be the center of your church. Holy Spirit, be the center of our lives. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. And so I just bless you, those of you that are ready to, to leave. I bless you with a power encounter of the Spirit throughout this week. I bless you with the peace of God that passes all understanding. I bless you with a new vigor and a zeal in your heart for Jesus to be your Lord, your Savior, your Master, your everything. I bless you with the love of the Father. And I bless you with the comfort of the Spirit of God. May you be blessed. Shabbat Shandai. Yay. Amen, amen, amen. Give somebody a hug. In fact, give five people a hug. Invite them for coffee downstairs. We're going to continue praying. If you want more prayer, come to the front. People will pray for you. If you're joining us online, God bless you. Thank you so much. Till next time, take care.